Welcome to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives. I'm your host, Kevin Green. Today we have industry experts with their insights and perspectives on the latest cybersecurity news that impacts your agency and organization. Today we have Dr. Anita D'Amico, CEO at CodeDX. Good day, Anita. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Kevin. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. Good deal. I think we have a lot of great things to talk about uh, from a cybersecurity perspective federal funded R&D and commercialization. So one of the things I want to talk about, there's some good news. There's some things that are in the news regarding secure decisions that I wanted to share with the audience because I think it's important. It talks, it talks about and it speaks to uh, government research and, and the transition story behind some of the research you've done uh, for DHS Department of Homeland Security Science and Technology Directorate Cybersecurity Division. So of late, you guys received a couple of accolades from three industry awards for one of your technology that was developed called CodeDX. You also got recognition in Forbes Tech as a company popping up on North of Grumman's radar for potential target for mergers and acquisitions. Why is it important for government-funded research to get industry validation as such? Well, thanks for that question, Kevin. Uh, first, let me tell your listeners about CodeDX. This was a technology that was a result of a DHS S&T investment in application security R&D. And we developed a technology called Code DX, which stands for Code Diagnosis, that makes it easy and affordable for people to find vulnerabilities in software and manage those vulnerabilities. Now, as a result of the investment that DHS made and our own investment, we developed a commercial product called CodeDX, which uh, has received several awards. Uh, most recently, the Cyber Defense Magazine uh, awarded us the Cutting Edge Application Security Solution for 2016. And we also were a silver medal runner for Startup of the Year from uh, the Info Security Product Guide. And we've received a number of other accolades. And it's really important for that government-funded research to, to get that kind of industry uh, validation. The, it's important because industry acceptance of and use of the government-funded research really validates that the government's investment in R&D is hitting a real need in the industry. Uh, the government, particularly DHS, wants its cybersecurity R&D investments to be adopted by industry and to make our country's infrastructure more secure. Shelfware doesn't make you more secure. You need to be actually using the results of the technology. So that's, that's the reason that industry validation is important. But, but I also want to point out that the opposite is also true, that it is important in the commercial world that the government is funding new cybersecurity technologies. When, when I speak to major banks or to healthcare companies, we always mention that CodeDX was initially funded by DHS. This carries a lot of weight because the commercial world looks to the government for leadership in cybersecurity. Industry knows that the government has a lot of information to secure, and knowing that the government's funding a technology to solve a particular problem raises the interest of the commercial users. So it really works both ways. 
Well, given the fact that Northrop Grumman is on, you know, you, you are on Northrop Grumman's radar, it speaks volumes and it really speaks to uh, some of the good work you've done uh, with government dollars in terms of advancing um, R&D in the area of application security. I want to ask you another question. I think that's related to this. And you've been pretty successful at transitioning government research and development across the Valley of Death. What do you think are some of the keys or keys to your success? Well, I have to tell you that the projects, the R&D projects that I'm most proud of are those that have transitioned and that have made an impact on users' everyday work. There's a couple different ways of transitioning, and we've done a number of them. For example, we open-sourced some technologies that DHS funded to help application penetration testers tune their pen testing tools. Now, for us, working with DHS, that was a relatively easy way of transitioning technology to open source it. But I've got to tell you that in the DOD world, open sourcing can be a very difficult thing to do because DOD tends to invoke ITAR restrictions, which makes open sourcing nearly impossible. But open sourcing is one way that we've transitioned. We've also transitioned technologies into a government program of record. We did that in uh, wireless uh, threat uh, visual analytics, and we did that with DISA. And then the third thing that we've done in terms of technology transition is to commercialize the results of a DHS-funded effort. Uh, we built uh, a commercial product off of two DHS-funded small business innovation research projects to develop the CodeDX commercial product that makes it easy and affordable to find and manage software vulnerabilities. And we've had these successes, but I've got to tell you, it's really, really hard to transition technology. And there's a couple of techniques that we use. Uh, the first is that you really have to have your eye on transition from the very beginning of the research project, even during the proposal stage. Uh, it's never too early to target users of the technology, of the future technology. And those users will become the future transition partners. So we do that even in the proposal stage. The second thing is that we develop a relationship with the potential users of the technology that we're developing. And we not only use uh, that relationship to develop the new technology, but we also try to, to solve some pain points that they're having right now. People want to help you if they know that you're going to help them with a problem that they have right now. So we do both a near-term and a longer-term look at what the users need. <clears throat> a third thing that's really needed, and so a lesson that we've learned, is that the principal investigator who envisions and leads a project in its early stages is usually not the best person to transition technology. So at Secure Decisions, we field two teams on a project, the R&D team and the transition team. And I think the last thing that's really a key to tech transition is a good working relationship with your program manager, with your government program manager. It's absolutely critical. Anita, I want you to speak to our federal audience for a second. Can, can you let them know how CODEX, which we've been talking about a lot, how is it positioned to help federal, federal agencies address their application security issues? There are um, a couple different ways 
that we can address the federal uh, agencies. The first is there are certain federal agencies that don't have an investment or much of an investment in application security. They're just learning about it. There, uh, they can use our CODEX standard edition, which has application security testing tools embedded in it. What, we, what a, a user would do, just take their source code, feed it into CODEX. We figure out what language the code is written in. We pick the tools for the language. We run the tools for the user, and then we produce the results in a form that is easy to use. We even help you prioritize the results by showing which of the weaknesses are considered the most severe based on industry standards. Now, for those agencies that are further along in application security, and I hope most of them are, they may already be using open source or commercial tools. And if they, uh, and they may be doing source code analysis, they may be doing uh, penetration testing, dynamic analysis, they may be doing manual code reviews. When they do all that different type of testing, they come out with a lot of results. They come up with thousands of weaknesses in the code that they found. And each one of those tools that they, they've run produces the results in a different format. So it's really hard to compare. And so what CodeDX does is it takes all of those, the results of those tools, source code analysis, static analysis, dynamic, pen testing, and manual code reviews, as well as third-party component analysis, you know, and the vulnerabilities in those third-party libraries that you have embedded. We put it all together into a single unified view we get rid of the duplicates, and now you have a single set of results to work with. And then we give them an interface where they can prioritize the results, assign them to uh, developers for remediation, and we even give them remediation guidance. Anita, what can we expect from Secure Decision in 2016? Specifically, what new groundbreaking R&D can you share with, with the audience? Uh, you want to know what we're doing in the back lab, huh? Yes, we want to know what you guys got cooking up. What, what, what are your mad scientists working on? <laughs> uh, well, we have a couple of things going on. Uh, uh, we're shortly going to release the results of our hybrid analysis mapping project. And in, that's an application security research project that was funded by DHS. And what we're doing is correlating the results of static and dynamic application security testing. Now, static analysis is run on source code, and so you find all of the weaknesses in the code. But not all those weaknesses uh, are exploitable. What dynamic testing does is it, uh, it goes in and, and from the outside in looks at where, are, where can you attack the code. What we do in this hybrid analysis mapping is we correlate those two things so that we show all the weaknesses in the source code, and then we overlay the vulnerabilities that were found by the penetration testing of the application. And what's left is the attack surface of the code. It's, 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 so it's the, you know what all the source code weaknesses are and which ones are visible to the outside world. 
Uh, right now, we're lining up pilot testers for that technology, and um, those pilots should be starting soon. So that's one of the things that we have in the lab. Uh, another area that we're working in is security visualization. And many people know secure decisions because of uh, work that we've done over the years in in visualizing those things that are hard to see in cybersecurity. So we're, we're funded by the Air Force to measure the effectiveness of different types of visualization on the performance of cybersecurity analysts. There's all kinds of visualizations out there, but nobody has actually measured which ones are most effective. And so we're starting with visualizations that will help network defenders to rapidly identify incidents on the networks. Once we find out which visualizations are effective there, then we hope to extend the results to application security so that we can figure out which visualizations are most effective for identifying uh, vulnerabilities in code and prioritizing them. Wow, that's exciting. Pretty different, huh? Yeah, this is really <laughs> exciting. It, it really resonates with the geek inside of me. So I'm really excited about a lot of the great things you're doing uh, from an R&D perspective. I think this has been a great talk about around the work you're doing, but also really focusing on why transition is important and commercialization opportunities that, that exist within um, federal funded R&D. Anita, it's been great talking to you and I uh, hope wish you well in 2016. Thanks very much, Kevin. The same to you. Well, I think we have to wrap it up here. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Anita D'Amico. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives on Fed Scoop Radio with your host, Kevin Green. Until next time, peace.